The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. We've made it to another Friday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery as uh, Chris Schmidt again out on dad duty today watching some baseball and drinking some beer in the nice weather and not jealous or anything, but whatever. We're, uh, we're going we're gonna to rock at this. You all right? 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 Joined by Bill Dolman here on a Friday as uh, it's now our third straight weekend of the Elijah Herbal and the Bill Dolman experience. <laughs> as uh, It's been great getting caught up with Bill. And at this point, it's become so commonplace that we're not even going to uh, rock with the, the live stream on ESPN Lincoln and ESPN uh, Facebook. This is just like, I mean, it's another Friday at this point as uh, this has been. Yeah, 21 straight days now of uh, every single Friday show being covered by Elijah and Bill. And guess what? <laughs> Chris taking another Friday off next Friday. He's going to be off in uh, your neck of the woods, Bill, out in Denver. So uh, maybe we'll get another Bill Dolman and Elijah Herbal show next week. I'll I'll talk to you about that after the show, Bill. But uh, or, or maybe he and I will hang out together here in uh, in Denver, but I'm, I'm not going downtown. That's, uh, that's for sure. I, I, this is getting to be like the old days of... Oh, Johnny Carson or David Letterman or some of those other you know guys who got to be so big that they could take Friday off. <laughs> no, you're you know? you're not right. I mean, he is going off to uh, to I believe North Carolina here in a couple weeks, uh, one weekend uh, to go accept his uh, award for Nebraska Sports Broadcaster of the Year. So, I mean, he's he's big time. Schmidty's big time, but, and and that 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 is well deserved. And it's a trip that I made many years ago. Um, and and still have fond memories of that, but uh, yeah, he does. He deserves that trip. I'm not exactly sure though that he deserve, deserves three consecutive Fridays off. Other than yes, he's being the good father and he's going to watch uh, Carson play baseball, and his son's pretty good. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I'm going to renegotiate my Friday contract, that's for sure. <laughs> well, uh, Bill, it's. Uh, I mean, I don't think your contract's up here until. <laughs> January 1st, you're stuck with me for a little bit. As uh, All right. uh, For those uh, listening across the state, uh, ESPNLincoln.com is where you stream us online. I believe, let me check here, yeah, it does sound as if our uh, 1480 signal is back up for our local listeners. So uh, we were uh, doing some maintenance on the 1480 signal this week. You were listening on either 101.5 FM or online, ESPNLincoln.com. But again, the 1480 signal is back up for our local listeners, so you can check us out there as well, or streaming wherever you like to listen to uh radio i mean iheart media is one option tune in radio is another option so really no shortage of options to listen to hail varsity radio got a good show planned for you today as we got uh, steve merritt coming up here in about 15 minutes going to talk some quarterbacks with steve and we'll get into the quarterbacks here in just a second but then we have a fully open show after that as we want to hear from you 402 466 
3776. That's 402 466 ESPN or 800 825 5865 for our listeners across the state. We want to hear from you. Give us a call or give us a tweet at Herbal Essences for me, Elijah Herbal, at Bill Dolman. Uh, is where you find Bill Dolman on Twitter. You can shoot us a message there. Uh, I'm not going to give you my email because I check it once a day and uh, I'm not going to get back to you. So that's the younger generation <laughs> for you, Bill. I'll, I'll have my work email. I check it once when I show up to work. I'll check it, I guess, one more time whenever I leave work. And that's the extent of it. Don't email me. Um, uh, I'm a young millennial. Give me a text or a tweet or anything. Carrier pigeon. Stay away from my email, though. <laughs> As uh, we got, uh, again, a lot to talk about today and uh, we want to hear from you. So. Those are the ways you get in contact with us. As uh, Bill flopping on the docket, a big recruiting weekend. Uh, this new golf tournament, the the Live, the L I V. Is it is it Roman numerals? Is it fifty four? Is that what, what L I V is? <laughs> I, I really have no idea what the Live stands uh, you know for. What? But... I, I don't either. It's just been um, uh, quite the, the quite the controversy of late in the world of golf. That's for sure. Yeah, we'll get that a little bit later and how it could relate back to college football. That's coming up in hour two, as well as some talk on the NBA finals. But where I want to start us off here, Bill, is uh, the sexy position at Nebraska. Everyone wants to talk about quarterback, and that's what we're going to do here uh, for the next uh, 10 minutes or so, um, because Casey Thompson's been the big name. He's been the NIL guy uh, talking about uh, how he can earn six figures. Uh, He went on busting with the boys and said six figures is expected for a quarterback in Nebraska. And when you compare that to Ryan Day's number he put out last week of $2 million for a top-end quarterback, six figures seems like a deal. And I never thought I'd be saying that about a college football player, six figures being a deal. But uh, Casey Thompson's the guy that's been generating the headlines. Also, we've talked about Chubba Purdy um, and the the Logan Smothers effect as well, where it does look like Logan Smothers, depending on what happens in the fall, is going to be on this team. Could he be involved in some way? Uh, Wildcat, what have you. Those are all possibilities. But where I want to go with this, Bill, is the other side of things and ask, are, are we putting too much importance? And we got into this just a little bit yesterday, but are we putting too much importance into what Casey C. Thompson's value is for this football team. When you look at all the things that need to be improved in this uh, 2022 Huskers team for them to, to get over the hump, get back to a bowl game, maybe get seven and five, eight and four. I think Husker fans would be happy with a season like that. The, the question is, are we overvaluing what Casey Thompson brings to this team? Not that he isn't a good football player, but is he really all that important in the grand scheme of how Nebraska finds success? And there's two ways I look at this, uh, Bill, before I, I'll let you chime in here. The first being, that elite quarterback play is what wins you football games, both in the NFL, and that's been the trickle-down effect to college as well. When you look at these teams that have been winning and winning with consistency, I mean, you look at the shift Alabama has made from journeyman game manager type quarterbacks, I guess guys that are soon to be NFL journeyman uh, game manager type quarterbacks they are going to hand the ball off. They're not going to make mistakes. They're going to take care of the football. They're going to move you up and down the field, and they're not going to scare you while doing it. That was the, the way that Alabama got it done. But we've seen a, a shift now with the Ohio States of the world, with the Clemsons of the world, that are bringing guys like C.J. Stroud, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, you look at Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I mean, uh, who's the, the quarterback at Clemson? I'm forgetting right before Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Sean Watson. Sean Watson. How could I forget that one? He was all on the news this week. We're going to just let that one go for today. That was a topic we, we had a couple days ago, and I'd <laughs> rather stay away from that because I just get the heebie-jeebies whenever I read anything about Deshaun Watson nowadays. Just gross stuff. But I digress. That, that's been the way college football has been moving, moving to these, these quarterbacks that can carry your offense. But then I, I look at it the other way, and that's not what the, the Big Ten has been doing aside from Ohio State. Ohio State obviously can surround their quarterback with immense amounts of talent at the skill positions along the offensive line, give that quarterback a solid defense. 
And you also have Ryan Day, whose offense has proven to be one of the, the premier offenses in all of college football. When you look at how he steals things from NFL concepts, uh, brings it into college, makes things very difficult on defenses. That's really the exception to the rule in the Big Ten, where the Big Ten has been, uh, again, with few exceptions, uh, a league where the quarterback does not win you football games. You're, you're going to that classic game manager. We look at Graham Mertz last year with Wisconsin. Uh, you look at uh, McNamara last year with Wisconsin. These aren't guys that are going and winning you football games single-handedly. They're handing the ball off to their running back. They're letting their offensive line do work. They're uh, throwing the ball to, to quick routes to their wide receivers, getting their, their skill position guys in space and letting those guys make plays. That's even the way Purdue has done it, despite how uh, prolific their offense has been at times. Uh, it's really nothing special from the quarterback position. It's getting the, the ball in the hands of their, their star wide receivers and letting those guys go put in work. And, I, and my question when I look at this Husker football team in 2022 is, is Casey Thompson a guy that we're going to trust or, or that the offensive staff is going to trust to put the ball in the hands and go win a football game? Um, and, and I don't think that's what it's going to be, despite the fact that Mark Whipple is a guy who loves to, to run an air raid style offense. I mean, uh, that's not exactly what the offense is, but that's what we're talking about whenever we're looking at 40 passes a game last year from Kenny Pickett. Uh, is Mark Whipple going to want to do that, or is he going to go back to the style that works in the Big Ten, which is hand the ball off, get the ball uh, to your playmakers in space, uh, really wear down a defense over a game, and keep your quarterback from putting him in positions uh, where he has potential to make mistakes. That, that's where I see this going. I don't think that Casey Thompson is the be-all, end-all for Husker football this year. I mean, when you look at the important things this offense needs to do, it's first and foremost run the football. That starts with the offensive line and it also starts with the running backs. And it's get the ball into the hands of your talented wide receivers. I don't think that needs to be flashy routes, flashy throws 40 yards downfield. It's getting the ball in the hands of guys like Trey Palmer and letting them put in work. So I personally think that this offseason, the, the value of Casey Thompson has been overvalued in a sense and that he's the, the big, sexy name, the big, sexy transfer. But I don't think I'm going to pause myself there. I mean, it's, it's the name appeal of Casey Thompson is, is what everyone's been talking about. And I don't think that's necessarily uh, the, the formula for Nebraska to win in 2022. You know, it's interesting. Um, nobody has really talked much about him since spring football. It's true. And that's part of because of the intoxication of recruiting, right? You know, Casey Thompson came here or you know, decided to come here. Then uh, Chuba Purdy, and, and by the way, I, I still amuse myself by calling him Chubby <laughs> just because I think it's funny. But you really have not heard much about Casey Thompson uh, since spring football. You know, it's all been about recruiting and Friday Night Lights and Seven on Seven and Will Watson and the kid in Gretna and all. It's all so. It's it's kind of interesting how under the radar, you know, this football team has been because everybody's so focused on building it for the future and looking at recruiting. Look, you know, I, I and I've got to go dig through my notes, which I did find, by the way. Wow. I, I was telling Elijah earlier that I'm remodeling a room and my notes are kind of all over the place. As I recall, Mark Whipple's offense at Pittsburgh, I think it's somewhat of a misnomer, is fairly balanced. There, there's this idea that Kenny Pickett was slinging it around like David Klingler and Andre Ware back in the 1980s at the University of Houston or, you know, doing this run and shoot thing. When in reality, you had running backs that, you know, were, were I think you had three running backs getting, you know, uh, I don't remember the number of carries that they were getting, but I think that was a relatively balanced offense. You just happened to have a, a Heisman Trophy finalist for your quarterback. 
So I, I don't think that everything has to be like it was at Pittsburgh. It wasn't on Kenny Pickett. It has to be on Casey Thompson is only going to be as good as the offensive line. Okay. And I don't really want to get into Adrian Martinez too much, but to be fair, there were injuries. There was inexperience along the offensive line, and that had some impact on what his successes were as the quarterback at Nebraska. Now, he also made some mistakes that I think people covered up for. And now that he's gone and saying what he's saying, maybe we can talk about that a little bit more. But Casey Thompson is only going to be as good as the offensive line allows him to be, mm. protects him, allows the running backs to do their thing. And we talked about that quite a bit last week. And, you know, I, I think I read a little bit where Ramir Johnson is is showing a little more versatility in terms of that he might be used in other ways as a, in, in addition to being the eye back. Um, so is, is, is Casey the guy right now? He is, is Purdy going to be uh, a threat at the backup position? Maybe I'm still a Logan Smothers fan because he's shown loyalty to his decision and commitment to stay at the university of Nebraska. And I cheer for the guy. Is he going to be the best? I don't know. But I think the one thing Nebraska has now is they've got some depth. They've got some savvy at quarterback with Thompson and Purdy. You've got a guy who's got experience in the system and some others. So the quarterback position is going to be better. The one thing that, that Martinez didn't really have, and that was competition at quarterback. As much as people wanted uh, McCaffrey to be uh, competitive, he wasn't. And – uh, that hurt Nebraska that they didn't have that solid backup, certainly the last couple of years. I uh, thought it might be with Vedral two years ago, um, but he's gone. So, you know, I think people point at Casey Thompson because he's a big name. His dad was a big name, and he's making some pretty good money. But uh, it's, he's only going to be as good as the depth the depth on the offensive line. See, and that's a good point. I, I don't want to come across here saying that Casey Thompson's performance in 2022 is completely unimportant. I just think in terms of position groups along the offense, it might be the the least important, and every single position is obviously important along an offense, but I, I look at the offensive line being really the number one key for this team, not just offensively to go in 2022, but I think uh, both ways. The fact that uh, if you can generate a run game, you can keep a defense on the field. You can keep an offense uh, on the other side of the ball out of rhythm off the field, and you keep your defense off the field. I think the offensive line, uh, bar none, is going to be the most important position group on this team as a whole for the, the, the Huskers to find success. But I look at the running backs and the wide receivers as being guys that are going to be more important. If the offensive line can protect Casey Thompson, it's going to be on the wide receivers to get open and, and give him someone to throw the ball to. And I don't think we ever saw Adrian Martinez have the kind of wide receiver talent that I think on paper Nebraska has this season. I mean, you can argue that last year uh, was the best talent that he had dating back to the Stanley Morgan and J.D. Spielman year, but uh, it still wasn't great because I I don't think, uh, not to disparage Levi Falk or or guys like that or Oliver Martin, I don't think they're the the type of of all Big Ten athletes that Nebraska needs along the offense, especially at wide receiver, to make things go against some of these very talented Big Ten defenses. Okay, I, I I will I will I will cede that to you, but maybe those receivers would have been more productive if the ball had been thrown better. <laughs> okay, we're not we're not talking about you know. Look, Adrian was a, a really good leader, very good in press conferences, and at times was showed brilliance on the field. At at times he made some huge mistakes. I mean, I, I'm I'm still watching a a fumble six at Illinois from two years ago. 
you know, it wasn't him trying to track down the wayward punter. But, you know, in addition to that, the 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 safety on the punt return at Illinois a couple seasons ago, you know, he had a he had a fumble six at the what, at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. It changed the game completely. Um, the, the fumble against Michigan where they had the opportunity and some momentum and the buzz kill the, at the end of the game, you know. So let, let's not think that Nebraska lost, you know, Peyton Manning or Lamar Jackson uh, at quarterback. And would those receivers have been better if the ball had been thrown better? Yeah. So we can't just put it on Martin and Toure and Manning and all the Falk and all these other guys. And maybe I'm a little chafed that he went to Kansas State to go win a bowl game. Okay, well, good luck in the Independence Bowl or wherever you're going to go. Fine. (laughs) But look, I I thought Adrian was a credible Nebraska Cornhusker. Um, But let's let's not think that he was here. Here you go. Archie Manning, one of the great quarterbacks, you know, of the of yesteryear, Peyton's dad. Went to Ole Miss, great college quarterback, ends up getting drafted by the New Orleans Saints with awful, awful football teams. So you don't know the greatness of what Archie Manning could have been because he had bad personnel around him. Adrian Martinez was not an Archie Manning great quarterback with really bad players around him, okay? Mm. And I, again, maybe I'm chaffed at the comment from this week, but look, there were times when guys were open and the ball wasn't there. There were bad decisions and pick sixes and fumbles and whatnot. So good luck at Kansas State. Maybe maybe some numbers would have been a whole lot better if you'd been a lot more accurate. Um, but anyway, uh, I think Nebraska had some decent talent and around him to win more games. So anyway. There he is, Bill Dolman with us for a full Friday edition of Hale Varsity Radio. We'll talk more quarterbacks with Steve Marrick coming up after the break here on Hale Varsity Radio. Calling all Storm Chasers fans. A team you never get to see is making their way to Werner Park June 7th through the 12th, and that's the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. It's the first meeting between the two franchises, and there's plenty going on that week. June 9th is the Chasers community celebration for Pride Night, presented by PayPal. June 10th is What If Night, where the Storm Chasers will change their name to the Hogs. A little backstory, that was a previous Omaha team and was a potential name change when the franchise was looking to rebrand. It's a battle of pigs versus hogs. You can't have a name change without new jerseys too. Specialty jerseys will be worn that night. And of course, they'll be autographed and auctioned off. Snag your favorite player June 10th and then run it back on the 11th. It's Salute to Corn Night presented by the Nebraska Corn Board. It's a celebration of all things corn. Corn on the jerseys, corn in the stands. Trust me, this game will be amazing. See you there. Chime in. 402-466-ESPN or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com Just try me, try me Back to Hail Varsity Radio Rolling through a Friday here on Hail Varsity Radio It's Elijah Herbal and Bill Dolman filling in for Chris Schmidt today who uh, has another Friday show off We'll be back with you tomorrow morning on the Saturday morning edition Hail Varsity Radio 7 to 9 a.m. That's uh, when we'll talk to you tomorrow, but still a full show to get through here today as we'll have Steve Mark here in just a second. But first, a call in from Paul in Lincoln. Paul, what do you have for us today? Afternoon, guys. Uh, Bill, Bill, uh, I'm not here to, uh, to apologize for Adrian Martinez. 
Uh, but love the kid. Absolutely love him. Great character. Hate him as a quarterback. We can't necessarily say good riddance because we're kind of the ones that pushed him out the door. The writing was clearly on the wall. If he wasn't already absolutely told, you're not going to be the quarterback next year at Nebraska. And so he had to leave. Paul, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I just I said he was a high-character guy. He was a great representative for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, I just don't like, you know, some of the comments that I've read in the last week. And it's really been more than just the last week. You know, if you wanted to transfer or Nebraska pushed you out or whatever the case might be, look, that's the nature of college football now. You know, guys are transferring, but guys are also kind of being forced to transfer a little bit. And the writing is on the wall when you see what I talked about also in the first segment, the amount of attention given to recruiting, you know. So, yeah, it, it, I, think, I think everybody would agree it was, not, it was time for a fresh start with, for Adrian Martinez and for Nebraska. I mean, I don't think we would have near the optimism that we have going into this season if Adrian was coming back as the quarterback for another year. I don't think people would be thrilled about it. I think they'd be going, great guy, but we hope he can improve. Well, at least now there's some optimism. You've got Thompson, you've got Purdy, and you've got Logan Smothers and whomever. But it was just – it was time. But, look, if you're leaving, okay, good, go, see you later. Best of luck to you in Manhattan. And he probably had uh, some good point as far as – When's the last time K State went to a bowl game, and when's the last time Nebraska went? I, I you know, well, we all know it's been a long time for us. It was the UCLA <laughs> game, you know, in uh, exactly. Kansas State. Look, I I don't pay enough attention to Kansas State football to know their recent bowl history. So if you can recite that off, then uh, then great. But you know, good. Look, he he needed to do what's best for him, and Nebraska needed to do what's best for Nebraska. And I think Absolutely. everybody, like I say, ag- agrees that the mutual parting when it happened, I think everybody went, <sighs> okay. Yeah. We're, we're, all, we're all okay with this, this breakup, but let's not say anything anymore. You know, what if Scott Frost, and he's not going to, but what if Scott Frost all of a sudden came out and said, let me tell you about Adrian Martinez. <laughs> it's not going to yeah. happen. It's, you know, so Adrian – and I, and I think Adrian had personal reasons for going to Kansas State as well, with his girlfriend being a soccer star or something. Yeah. So, you know, so good. But I think Nebraska. I think that both parties are better off for where they are right now, and I, I think Nebraska will be better off on the field than Kansas State will be next year. Paul, appreciate the call today. You have yourself Thank a you lovely Paul. Friday. There he goes. Paul and Lincoln giving us a call here. Uh, Bill, while I get Steve online, just quickly on the Adrian Martinez comments, when you're going off to a new team, I mean, don't you kind of have to say the things he said in terms of, yeah, I came here to win. I came here for the – I mean, you're not going to come in and disparage a new team and say, I needed a fresh start. I really don't care if we win. I, I, I could go 3-9 and nine again, no. and I'll be happy. Totally agree with that. But he left way too much to read between the lines. You know, did I come here for a fresh start? Do I did I come here because I wanted to, you know, I want to win. I want to go to bowl game. Great, yeah, absolutely. You say that, but but you know, shots about talent level and being better, and you know, I, I don't. That's that's not just throwing the program. That's throwing your individual players uh, under the proverbial bus, and that's stuff that I don't necessarily agree with. And look, it, some of those quotes as you read them, when you first see them in the headlines, it's clickbait. Right. 
So you see it, you click on it. Uh, I mean, I was looking at it earlier today just to kind of refresh my memory. And um, were, his, were, were his comments as harsh as the headlines? No, but they weren't pedestrian either. And if I was a Nebraska football player, a team man, I'd go, hey, bro, you know, what? Um, I think we had a selective memory here. So, yeah, I'm going to go to Kansas State. I want a chance to win. I want to go to a program where I feel comfortable. Got a chance to – great, good. But the talent level's better. Da, 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 uh, uh, now, now we're pushing the limits just a little bit. Well, thanks to uh, Paul and Lincoln for the call today. You remember, you can give us a call, 402-466-ESPN or uh, 800-825-5865. Now excited to welcome in uh, writer for Hale Varsity Magazine. It's Steve Mark joining us here. And Steve, we're talking quarterback play. That's been our, our topic to lead off the show. And uh, we started out really with uh, questioning, I, I guess, the importance of what Casey Thompson means to this offense here in 2022 and uh, if he is an upgrade on Adrian Martinez. So I want to get your thoughts on this. In, in terms of the grand scheme of the offense here in 2022 as a whole, how important do you think uh, Casey Thompson, or I guess whatever quarterback is, is under center for Nebraska in 22, how important do you think that guy is going to be uh, when you compare him to, say, uh, the performance of the offensive line? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I think very important. I mean, anytime the, you're talking quarterback in the, in the game of football, that's going to be um, one of the most important positions, if not the most important position on the field um, all the time when you're talking about offense. And, and just, you know, with everything that's gone on, all the change um, on the offensive side of the football with Nebraska, new offensive coordinator, first quarterback um, under center for the first time in four years and yeah I mean Casey Thompson has a, a huge job in front of him and he's going to be incredibly important um, but you know like you like you said I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the offensive line because sometimes I think the offensive line gets lost in the discussion a little bit when we're talking about you know all, all these different skill players that the that the Huskers have brought into the transfer portal and you know it, the, the skill players are the sexy guys to talk about but at the end of the day it's the guys up front that are really going to help determine um, how well this um, new Mark Whipple, Scott Frost offense kind of operates. See, that's a good point, but I guess I'm going to backtrack here for just a second. I mean, we've been talking about Casey Thompson like he's the, the surefire starter, and there's been some rumblings this week. Oh, oh a healthy Chubba Purdy is going to give him a run for his money, or Logan Smothers isn't out of this competition. Yeah, I want to get your take on this. Do, do we think those rumors of a, a quarterback competition upcoming this fall are, are legit? Are they something we should believe, or, or is that just, you know, what – the coaches are going to say what the people in the team are going to say because you always want competition, even though Casey is the guy. Yeah, I think I think uh, you know it's something that coaches just, just kind of say um, that that there's you know there's going to be a real uh, competition in the fall, and, and for sure I think there will be. But I think that right now, um, at, at this point of of the summer and and kind of as the kind of pre pre fall camp, Casey Thompson is is the guy. Um, but, but I, and I think that he's going to be the one that's going to be you know out there with the first team offense when they when they play Northwestern. So um, yeah, I, is he a surefire like hit? Like of course not. Like I I don't I don't think that I um it, it's just going to be a really interesting thing to watch because there's so much newness going on. You know he's at a new program. He has a, a yet another offense to learn. I believe this will be around his fourth fourth offensive coordinator um, uh, playing under. Uh, so um, I I think that you know he's he kind of has positioned himself to be the top guy in, in the room, the leading candidate right now, um, because he's been around before. He's a very experienced guy. He spent four, four seasons at Texas. I know he didn't play for four seasons. He, he was a backup to Sam Ellinger um, for three of those four. 
um, and then um, just didn't didn't beat out a redshirt freshman last year in Hudson Card Card at Texas, but wound up you know getting getting about ten starts under his belt there at Texas. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I just think that he he kind of has the command, the the leadership, the maturity that uh, Scott Frost is kind of looking for, and Mark Whipple is looking for in in a really important um, season uh, right now uh, because you know if if you're going into the season with Scott Frost situation, the contract situation, the the October 1st um, uh, date, the Indiana game where his uh, buyout drops from $15 million to $7.5. Um, it's just really crucial to get off to a good start um, early in the season right now. And I think having a, an experienced quarterback who has uh, been playing college football basically for four seasons now and going into his fifth year, I think that's, um, that's a big reason why uh, Casey Thompson is probably the leader in the clubhouse right now. Steve, what does uh... – Purdy bring to the to the table, you know. I was I was mentioning earlier that once spring ball ended, we really haven't talked much about the current Nebraska football team. It seems like it's all been about recruiting, and Purdy didn't go through uh, spring ball. And, and, and looking back, you know, he, he didn't play a ton at Florida State. Um, so when when fall camp arrives and there is perhaps a legitimate quarterback competition. What are Purdy's strengths that people may have forgotten about? Yeah, uh, Chubba Purdy is a is a really interesting one. I, I uh, just had a story go live um, here this morning um, on HellVarsity.com. I went back and broke down and just kind of watched every second of his lone start of his career against on the road in a tough environment at NC State. I know it was during the 2020 um, season during COVID and there weren't any fans or anything there, but. Uh, um, it was still a, a daunting um, kind of pressure-filled situation for Chuba as a true freshman. You know, he's he's had a yeah he's had he, he was he spent two seasons at Florida State, but honestly, you know, it, it's kind of hard to to judge what he did over there because it, it, he got off to such a slow and and slow start filled with injury adversity. I mean, he was injury riddled. He broke his collarbone, his left collarbone, the very first uh, preseason scrimmage of fall camp in Tallahassee. I mean. And then, he, so he broke his collarbone in, in August, but then, you know, he had surgery to correct it. And then he came back and, and uh, played in three games that season, the 2020 season, with one start at NC State. Um, and, and, you know, it, it was for, like, let's be honest, that 2020 uh, Florida State team, it was really bad under uh, Mike Norvell. It was his first season, his debut season, um, coming from Memphis. He spent four years at Memphis and, you know, they had four quarterbacks start the season that year. It was just a mess over there in, in the land of the Seminoles. And, you know, uh, Chubba got his chance to start, but it was an extremely limited. If you, if you go back in the story that I had this morning, I kind of broke down some, some ways that I thought it was a, a really limited um, game plan that, that Florida State had. Chubba just didn't have an opportunity to do much and, uh, as, a, as a true freshman coming off of a broken collarbone. But then after that, uh, after that start at NC State, he had to get yet another um, surgery on that collarbone to, to have some hardware taken out that was previously inserted. So it was just a, a, a really uh, bad way to start a college career, unlucky start um, to go through the injuries that he has. Um, and then his 2021 season, um, he, he, didn't, he didn't go through a, a spring camp, um, uh, a full spring camp. He only went through, I, I believe it was three or four practices uh, of spring of spring ball. Um, and then he uh, threw five passes, I think, against UMass in that 2021 season and then uh, just entered the transfer portal after that. And then when he got to Lincoln, 
Uh, yeah, he had more. He had more injury problems with the foot. Um, so yeah, he, he only had um, the spring game. He, he said afterwards uh, of the spring game that the that scrimmage was his only third third full practice where he was like a full go per- participant. So he's really still a, a young quarterback, and he's really pretty much a, a, just a huge question mark right now. I mean, he's a former four star uh, quarterback, number seven dual threat um, in the class twenty twenty of in the twenty twenty class. So. You know, in, in that start against NC State, he, he can move. He's an athlete. He's a natural athlete with the ball in his hands. He's got some moves. He's not, he's not the fastest guy out there, but I don't think you necessarily need to be as a quarterback. I thought he, he threw the ball really well in short yardage situations. They, they got him on the run a lot, and I think he, he showed really good accuracy throwing on the run. Um, yeah, he, he didn't really take a lot of uh, shots deep, but, um, you know, again, it's that limited – limited game plan that Florida State had, had out there with the, with the true freshman um, quarterback. So long story short, do I think that he could compete? Um, absolutely. Uh, is it going to be this season? I, I mean, I, I don't know. He's, he, he just, you know, needs more practice reps, reps under his belt. And, you know, if, if, if something goes wrong with Casey Thompson and, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be either hit him and Logan and each bring kind of different skill sets to the position. Steve, we're up against a break here. Can I keep you for two, three minutes on the other side of the break? Yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, Steve, Mark, we'll have a few more minutes with Steve after this. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. The Friday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal and Bill Dolman filling in for Chris Schmidt. And uh, we have Steve Mark on the line, generous enough to give us a few more minutes of his time here. And, and Steve, I really only have one question left for him. I'm not sure if Bill's got anything. I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But my final question to you here is, is it's simple and uh, how I ask it, but I'm not sure the, the answer itself is simple. When you look at Nebraska's quarterback room today, as compared to where the quarterback room was a year ago at this time, do you think Nebraska is in a, a better spot now than they were at this time last season? Oh, man. That's a good question. Um, because when you, well, when you look at it, it's, it's the fact of you knew what you had in Adrian Martinez, and what you had in Adrian yeah. Martinez wasn't a guy who was going to set the world on fire, wasn't a guy who was going to go win the Heisman, but he, he was a guy uh, that – could run this offense, knew how the offense worked, and was a leader within the team. Uh, now you have a, a, a new set of quarterbacks, most of them unproven, aside from Casey Thompson, but still uh, unproven in uh, a system like this and in the Big Ten. You don't know what you're going to get, but on paper, I think Husker fans feel better about the quarterback room right now than they did last year. Yeah, for sure. I think you made some really great points with Adrian. And yeah, he he, he did know the offense. That was his offense. He, he was the one of the uh, massive leaders of the team. Um, and yeah, with, with Casey Thompson, it's just hard. It's hard to, it's hard to say because he's, he hasn't played a down at Nebraska yet. And he's got a new offensive coordinator and, and that he, that he just met this year. And uh, it's going to be super interesting. But uh, if I had to pick, I, I, I don't know. I, I see the benefits of, of both sides, but um, I don't know. I, you'd like to think that, uh, I don't know if I had to pick one, I'd have to go with last year's quarterback room. Actually. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, you, like you said, you, you knew what you were getting with Adrian Martinez. Um, he was the proven leader, leader of, of the pro of the program and team. He is the face of the team. Um, but right now you don't really have that with Casey Thompson because he hasn't really taken a, a snap at Nebraska yet. And nobody really knows how he's going to uh, react, I guess, and, and do this season. I'm going to say that it's better off now 
than it was a year ago. And it kind of goes back to what I said earlier. The It was time for a break. And if things yeah. didn't go, I'm, I'm just, if things don't go well early for Nebraska this coming season, and Adrian Martinez was the quarterback, the fuse would be so short for Nebraska football fans and the national media, you know, that still focuses on Nebraska football. That's why Adrian Martinez is in the news this week. It's because he's whatever he said about Nebraska, right? But if 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 for whatever if there was a stumble in Dublin or if you, a poor performance against one of the directional schools at the beginning of the season before Oklahoma, and Adrian doesn't play well, that is the tone setter for the entire course of the season. People are going to go, when is the next fumble against Michigan going to happen? When is the next? time we're going to be inside the five yard line on first down against minnesota going to happen when's the next pick six going to happen? people would have a short fuse right now casey thompson chuba purdy logan smothers th- those guys have a window of opportunity to improve into the new offensive coordinators system martinez would be operating with the new offensive coordinator he'd basically be in the same position as casey thompson he just would have worn the uniform before. But a new offensive coordinator, they're going to be under center? How many times did we see that with Adrian Martinez? About the same number as the number on his jersey, maybe twice, right? So with a new offensive coordinator, a new system, whatever the case might be, early mistakes would have spelled a season of dread each and every week as to when is the ceiling going to fall in on Nebraska. With Thompson and Purdy and Smothers even, I'm throwing them in there because I like him. I think there's a grace period that Nebraska enjoys that they wouldn't have otherwise. But yeah, that's my yeah. two cents. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, it just in the, in the terms of the question, I, I thought going into it, um, you know, you had a, you had a four-year starter mm-hmm. um, in Adrian, in Adrian Martinez, and now we're going from a, a four-year starter to, um, one, you know, a, a transfer coming in who started one season, um, it, it just a lot of questions. And I understand that, you know, Adrian didn't light the, light the world on fire either. But, you know, at the end of the day, he, he played his art out here. I, I think he did the best that he could. And, um, you know, it's a tough situation either way. But, you know, going in going into this season, I, it, I don't know, I think there's just a lot of uh, question marks at the quarterback situation right now. Question marks among the whole team, Steve. Steve, i uh, going to let you go <laughs> yeah, here. We, we held you a lot longer than uh, we, we planned to, but good stuff today, Steve, and uh, you have yourself a lovely weekend. Enjoy the weather and try not to melt on Monday. All right, bud? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Elijah. Thank you, Bill. Here is Steve, Steve Mark. As, uh, Bill, have you seen the, the weather forecast here in Lincoln coming up next week? Is it the Houston heat that I talk about that uh, comes to Lincoln uh, every now and then? Well, I mean, May or spring is officially ending. Next week is the final week, and we're going to have 103 degrees for a high on Monday, 99 for a high on Tuesday, and then follow up next weekend when I'm out umpiring great with a 100-degree high next Saturday. It's just going to be heat wave coming through the capital city, preview August. That's what I say. You know, Lincoln, I love Lincoln. I love Nebraska. But you get the Houston heat and humidity and the Minnesota cold and wind chill and six nice days a year. So I feel your pain as I enjoy the 75-degree weather with no humidity in Colorado. Well, if uh, you're on the line with us, uh, I see your phone call. I'll get you here in just a second. We're uh, up against a break. So going to take a break. We'll take your call. I'll get to that after the break as we wrap up Hour 1 here on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. 
calling all soccer fans. Union Omaha is back home after an unbelievable showing in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup round of 16. An upset over Minnesota United? That's our team. So join them when they come home May 28th for Educational Outreach Night. Presented by Bellevue University. The Owls will face Northern Colorado Hailstorm FC and after a couple of road matches, will come back on June 18th to face Greenville Triumph SC. It's also Pride Night. We'll see you there. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Wrapping up hour one here on Hale Varsity Radio. We can't stop. It's Elijah Herbal and Bill Dolman rocking for uh, Chris Schmidt, who is uh, out today, his third straight Friday off. He's going to make it four straight next Friday, and we'll see about the weekend after that as uh, Chris Schmidt, just the king of three-day weekends here in the month of June. But doesn't matter, Elijah Herbal and Bill Dolman taking you through anyway. As uh, Bill, we had a call come in for you uh, during that break. We'll get to that here in just a second. But before we do that, a quick reminder uh, that let's get it here. Uh, nearly 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska are not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash? Buckle up. It's a message brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Transportation Highway Safety Office. Got plenty coming your way here in hour two as we'll have open phone lines for you the entire hour. Got a big recruiting weekend for Nebraska to get into. I know Bill Dolman is just eagerly awaiting some recruiting talk. Uh, We'll also get into uh, the LIV Live 54, whatever it is, golf tournament, uh, the Saudi Golf League. Uh, and uh, kind of how that relates back to college football. I know it doesn't sound like it makes sense. We'll make it make sense, I promise. We'll get into that here next hour, as well as a lawsuit coming down from USA Today against the University of Nebraska. All that coming up here in hour two. But, Bill, before we get out of here this hour, is a call-in from Jason during the break, essentially just asking. He's a big fan. I'm, I'm, I'm putting words into his mouth here, but this is why he's got to be asking. He's a big fan of Bill Dolman. And he just he knows now NBC Sports is defunct, and this has been hurting me recently, and me being a big Tottenham Hotspur fan, Premier League over in England, I can't watch those games on NBC anymore. They're trying to make me download Peacock and whatnot, and it's not my company, so I'm not going to say anything uh, disparaging Peacock or NBC or whatnot, but it is a little bit annoying that I can't watch my favorite Premier League team on TV on Saturdays and Sundays like I've become accustomed to over the past eight years. So the question to you was, with NBC Sports now being defunct, I believe they still have the Olympic Channel. Uh, as well as uh, some other networks that they're throwing things on. The, the question was just, what's coming up for you here? Well, it's it's not NBC Sports. It's NBC Sports Network sorry, that they sorry. have uh, shuttled. So NBC Sports still exists um, on, on over the air, and the Olympic Channel is still around for now. But, you know, the, the landscape of television is changing really, really dramatically. And, uh, you know, I've been in this game a long time, and that doesn't, I never intended to be in the in the game forever, and maybe there'll be it's time for me to do something else. But um, typically, this is my slow time of year anyway. So uh, when I walk my dog in the neighborhood, people are like, "Do you ever work?" And then in the winter, it's like, "Do you ever not work?" So um, <laughs> it's broadcasting for you, you know, right there. you know, and with with uh, the streaming services and Peacock, and uh, you know, so NBC still is still active, and um, you know, you, you just hope that. There are opportunities when they roll around in the fall and in the winter, which is basically what I do. So I'm kind of in a holding pattern anyway, uh, as I usually am. But I've worked for every uh, network that's out there, with the exception of CBS. So maybe it's about time that they uh, step up to the plate. <laughs> well, but 
Bill, it's funny you mentioned the the changing landscape of football. This is from uh, Stuart Mandel's mailbag on The Athletic just a few days ago where he was talking about uh, one of the quieter moves that was made between Fox and the Big Ten during COVID that Fox is now the majority stakeholder owner in Big Ten Network as uh, the Big Ten sold off the majority uh, back to NBC or back to Fox and Fox has control of that. And there's thoughts that maybe the reason that the Big Ten voted against uh, college football playoff expansion is because that contract's up in 2025 and they're trying to give uh, Fox a, a fair shake at being able to get themselves the college football playoffs. So that was an interesting thought uh, from uh, Andy Staples. You, you know, everything is changing. And so the, the business of sports casting and the mm-hmm. business of college football and all sports is is changing. And, um, you know, I, I would imagine that the reason why the, that the Big Ten did what it did is because it's still one of the power broker conferences and it can really do whatever it wants to do, just like the SEC and ESPN. So when that contract comes down in the near future with the with Fox and the Big Ten and everything, it'll be massive. And that'll indicate a shift in where college football is going to go for the future. Well, we've got a fully loaded hour two coming your way. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. More after the break. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio. And I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Back into hour two here on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal and Bill Dolman today, rocking with you on a Friday, uh, getting you all set for the weekend. And if uh, you're missing Hale Varsity Radio this weekend, remember there is the Saturday morning edition. You can check out 7 to 9 here locally on ESPN Lincoln or streaming in podcast form shortly after the show wraps up tomorrow as a, a Really uh, an empty hour or two here. A lot to get into as we do have some late breaking news we're getting into here in uh, just a second. But we are going to have open phone lines for you, 402-466-3776. That's 402-466-ESPN or 800-825-5865. That's for our listeners across the state. We'd love to hear from you. Get connected uh, with Bill and myself on Twitter. Find me, uh, Elijah Herbal, on Twitter at Herbal Essences and find Bill Dolman at Bill Dolman. Uh, that's where you get connected with us. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, Bill, you got something you want to say, or are you just trying to build up that Twitter following? <laughs> no. Just to kind of put a bow on what ended up being the dominant uh, topic of conversation in the in the, the first hour about Casey Thompson and then the Adrian Martinez and the quote and the clickbait and all those kinds of things that, you know, that I was talking about. And I was, when we were talking with Steve about, you know, Adrian is leaving in the quote, and I, and I mentioned the reason why Nebraska football matters is because, you know, Adrian Martinez, that quote makes headlines. So people still want to talk about Nebraska. How much have you heard about Casey Thompson transferring from Texas? Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Not much. Okay. 
So <clears throat> my my point was going to be, you didn't hear much from Casey as to you know disparaging Texas. Mm. Now maybe there's something out there. I don't read the Austin American Statesman every day, but I did go back and I and I was trying to find something as to if he had a comment as to why there was it wasn't the dysfunction of of Steve Sarkeesian or anything like that talent level. I want to go win. I mean, he wants to go win as opposed to where I was. He says, I was looking for an opportunity at the quarterback spot. I was looking for a great offense, a good offensive line, and the research that I did. Granted, there are questions. We all know that. But this is what the kid is saying, the young man is saying. Honestly, it was just film study, just trying to watch and see what teams around the country have potential and where the good receivers are. We have enough talent. We have enough, uh, plenty of pieces in place to win ball games and compete at a high level. So that's why I decided to come here. Mark Whipple's offense, Scott Frost. Frost kind of recruited me at UCF in middle school, so I knew what he was about. I started studying. saw Nebraska in 20 and 21, so that's what led to my decision. There's no breadcrumbs mm. in that comment that made its way around several different websites. I think I read that from The Spun. But several different websites had the same comment from Casey Thompson from back in March. There's nothing disparaging Texas. Texas yeah. There's nothing that you can read between the lines, really, about his time at Texas and why he left. Not the kid coming from Ohio State making a million dollars plus. We all know what he said to the to the bussing guys, right? You can make some money at Nebraska, which you can't. Mm-hmm. And by the way, as I think about those Ryan Day comments, which I said those are you've got to read between the lines, which I do better than anybody. When he said two million dollars. Part of why he said that was to say to top quarterback prospects, hey, $2 million Hmm. in Columbus, right? Casey Thompson, when he was talking with the guys on the bus, said, you can make six figures at Nebraska, right? Mm. So, well, I think Ryan Day was saying a couple of things with that $2 million comment, you know, to college football, whatever power brokers there are, that this might get out of hand, but this is the going rate. So we really need to take a look at this. But while we're not taking a look at it, if you're a four or five star quarterback, $2 million at Ohio State, right? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He had two messages out there, one to the power brokers and one to the power quarterbacks. Mm. You come to Ohio State, $2 million might be the amount. Casey Thompson says I can make a lot of money at Nebraska, which he probably is. So putting two bows on a couple of topics in the first hour, but Thompson saying, I came to Nebraska because it fit me and I was looking for a good opportunity, really is all he was saying there. Now, does he think differently? Is he saying something privately different? Could be. But he's saying the right things. And based on what that what came out in March, ain't no clickbait on that comment. Adrian Martinez goes on Sirius XM Satellite, and I think it's, he said this more than one time about why he left Oh, he what had, he left behind. This is not right? the first time he's made a, a right. comment so similar to this. So he continues to throw these, these out there, which continue to make headlines, and people continue to talk about Nebraska. So I mean, do you, two, di- two different ways that they have handled their their transfers and where they have gone and why. I don't think I necessarily blame Adrian for having a, a bad taste in his mouth over this whole sure. Nebraska situation, though, but you don't. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Okay. You, you. You don't need to come out and give people like us 
fodder to, to talk about because you're you're leaving these breadcrumbs for us to to say, well, why is he disparaging Nebraska? Right. Mm. Well, that's uh, Bill Dolan with us here. You know him. You love him. That's why Bill Dolan makes the big bucks. So he puts a, <laughs> a, a bow on our one. And uh, Bill, I'll come in and put my own bow on our one because we set what I believe. Okay, is- but I was right. But go ahead. Okay, I just want to say, uh, we, we set what I believe is a record back in hour one is we went 0 for 4, hitting our hard breaks. Uh, <laughs> we missed every single one of them, and uh, that's, uh, that's a testament to Schmitty. Schmitty hits his hard breaks every single day. We went 0 for 4, so uh, we did not live up to the Schmitty standards in hour one. We'll work on it. If you're an affiliate from across the state and you, your commercials got messed up last hour, I don't think they did. I, I think I did well enough on my job on, on my end here to fix those things for you, but we do apologize. We'll be better in hour two and uh, shift gears here, Bill, and, and get into maybe that's a good point. Uh, let's shift gears here and get into uh, some late breaking news here on a Friday. As uh, this comes down from the Lincoln journal star, Lori Pilger does great work for the journal star, not usually on the sports beat, but this one kind of intersects between, the, the sports beat and the lobby, which is what she uh, is so good at hitting. And uh, today, uh, the USA Today filed a public records lawsuit against the University of Nebraska, Lincoln's director of records, for denying a request to provide details about the metrics outlined in both Scott Frost and Fred Hoiberg's restructured contracts. And to give you some background, a Lincoln Journal star themselves filed a public records request seeking that same information uh, just a few months ago, and uh, they were also denied. And whenever they appealed to the Attorney General's office, uh, Assistant Attorney General Elizabeth Gao concluded uh, their request, uh, their response, I should say, uh, that the requested document could be lawfully withheld under Nebraska public records statutes. That's where the Journal Star stopped. The USA Today, though, uh, they're going one step further as uh, in the lawsuit that they filed uh, just this afternoon in the Lancaster County District Court. Uh, USA Today, I, I guess I should say, uh, their publisher uh, is Gannett Satellite Information Network, a mouthful there. Uh, they sued Jacqueline Klinko, UNL's director of university records, over the denial of uh, Steve Berkowitz's requests for records related to the metrics mutually agreed to in the head football coaches and men ba- men's basketball coaches restructured contracts. And uh, back in April is whenever this uh, initial denial happened. The USA Today now taking it one step further, though, and taking the University of Nebraska to court and bill i'm not a lawyer i don't pretend to be a lawyer i don't know what this lawsuit will entail but my question to you is nebraska being a public university and uh paying their football coach and their basketball coach uh, x amount of dollars which is really uh exorbitant i mean not in the world of college football as a whole but compared to an average joe like you and me uh, a huge amount of money do you think that we the people who support the university of nebraska alumni of the university of nebraska people living uh, within the state of nebraska that pay their taxes do you think they have a right to know what the 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 points of this contract are what what they need to hit in order to to keep their job i guess i should say I'm not a lawyer. I'd like to play one on TV. <laughs> uh, I've never seen an episode of Law and Order, so I'm not exactly quite sure how that works. Um, yeah, because that's what the law says. You know, it's it's a public institution, so it's public money. Although, you know, the athletic department is 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 different at Nebraska than 99.5% of the other institutions around the country in that it doesn't receive state funds, but it nevertheless, or at least it didn't back in the day, Um but it's the law. Now, do the exact specifications within, you know, every uh, every aspect of that contract, do they need to be public? I, I don't know. Um, I, I think in reading the, the article, 
Trev Alberts kind of left himself open for left the university open for this because he said, I don't know that those will be made public. I just don't think that's fair. But if some coach, any coach in the athletic department is separated, uh, he or she will not be surprised, put it that way. So by saying, I don't know if it'll be made public, probably, you know, uh, let the light bulb for somebody to go, well, is it going to be made public or not? You, you know, you can always do what they do in Congress, I suppose, if you release it. How many times do you see something that has been released after a, a lengthy FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act request, and it comes back and it is redacted? <laughs> Basically, somebody took a huge Sharpie and uh, blacked out everything other than the word the, you know? Um, so, look, it. It's just the way the law is written. I, I understand it. I'm not curious about it, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm not, I, and I don't, I don't think most people are. But it's the power of the press to do what they're going to go do. And and uh, I'm, whoever this person is, it's the University of Records keeper. Probably works nine to five and is going. What the hell just happened here? Why mm. am I involved in this? But I'm sure that that some uh, decision will be made fairly soon and everybody will know and once they know it won't be as big of a deal as it is right now because of the word lawsuit got thrown about the big story out here in denver the last uh, few days has been the, the purchase of the um the broncos by the, by the walton, walton family. family and for some reason it's become known that apparently john elway made a bad decision uh, business-wise a few years ago that's cost him close to a billion dollars why do i need to know that i i but for some for some reason, it's a big story that he didn't uh, take advantage of an opportunity to buy into the Denver Broncos, a private man with a private company. And now it's a big deal that he's yeah, he lost out a lot of million dollars. But I'm thinking, well, why do I need to know that? Mm. Why is that public knowledge? And I suppose why does the public need to know every intricate detail of a contract? Scott Frost is getting paid this amount of money. OK, but. Somebody wants to know, and I'm sure they will find out. Well, well that, they that, it. that's where the problem lies, Bill, is that his contract reduced back down to, to $4 million here for 2022. But if he reaches certain metrics, his salary will bump back up to his original $5 million. And on the lawsuit filed, uh, the, the really the, the, the base of the, the lawsuit is filed by Michael Coyle, representing the USA Today. Uh, he alleges that the records requested contain information that determine the amount of their salaries, uh, which are therefore encompassed within the meaning of salary information, which is public information. So I'm sure we'll have some information on this as we get closer to Husker football season, something to monitor there. Uh, but yeah, as you said. I, I, okay, Scott Frost man. makes $5 million. And this is how this is how it's added up. Okay. Is that going to change my life? Nope. Probably not too much. <laughs> so you know, well, I know. I, I wonder. If, games. I wonder if now the fact that the lawsuit has been filed, I wonder if the the university will just publicly release it and save themselves on some legal costs, save themselves from going to court. court just throw it out there. We'll see. That's something to follow. As uh, that was just a late Friday news dump. Had to throw it in here, and uh, we're actually getting close to the end of this segment here, Bill. Before we get out this segment, let's quickly talk some recruiting. I, I maybe you were just trying to fill time here to shorten our amount of time talking recruiting <laughs> here at the end. But a big recruiting weekend for Nebraska as they got nine visitors on campus. Some of the big names. One uh, already committed to Nebraska. That is Pierce, Nebraska tight end Ben Brommer. He committed uh, months ago now at this point. He's going to be on campus this weekend. And some other big names, uh, defensive lineman Riley Van Poppel from down in Texas. Uh, he's had a list of suitors. 
a six foot four defensive lineman, I believe. Uh, he's going to be in town this weekend. And Greg Smith, who I, I think we're talking to on Monday, I'll have to confirm with Chris, but I believe we're talking to Greg Smith on Monday. He uh, lists Riley Van Poppel as the most likely uh, of the people on campus this weekend to commit uh, to Nebraska after an official visit. Uh, Pop- Van Poppel's been high in Nebraska for months now. Almost seems like this might be a, a, a final if everything's up to expectations, if everything's what's been sold to me. Uh, this could be the, uh, the the final visit for Van Poppel. That's one name to monitor. Also, a couple offensive linemen. Seems like Nebraska is going to be looking for about two more offensive linemen in this class of 2023. Uh, they got two, uh, a six foot eight big body offensive lineman, J.R. Sia from Utah. Uh, isn't a huge name recruit. I believe 24-7 has him listed as a three-star, four other offers. He's deciding between he's going to be in town this weekend as well as a top 100 recruit, the number uh, seven offensive tackle in the class of 2023. From down in Louisiana, Mickey Joseph doing some work getting him up here. That is six foot five. Zalens Hurd, offensive tackle, offensive guard. Unsure what he's going to be playing at the next level, but another big body in the top 100 type player that uh, Nebraska is going to be bringing in here. It sounds like uh, they're... Uh, that might be the, the backup plan in, in terms of uh, Caden Green out of uh, Kansas City being there. Their top offensive line prospect still on the board. Uh, sounds like Hurd might be the backup option. Maybe they're going for both. Who knows? But it does sound like Nebraska needs at least two more offensive linemen here in this class of 2023. Bill Dolman is giving me the glazed over recruiting look. <laughs> as uh, it's We're talking about kids who haven't played their senior year of high school football yet and probably wouldn't make it to the field in Lincoln until, what, 2024? 25 for some of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're not wrong. I hope they come here. I, I, I know that if they get to Nebraska, they will love it. And uh, as the one kid found out, it's not all cornfields. Yeah. Uh, it's Bill Dolman with us. I, I should have expected the, the cold water take on the recruiting here. So uh, that's all we'll talk for hey, recruiting here. Uh, we'll, we'll get caught up with Greg Smith. We're on the radar with some great players. Yep. Nebraska. Uh, looking to, to get some uh, more commitments this weekend as it's a big recruiting weekend. I'll talk with Greg Smith on Monday. We'll stay away from recruiting the rest of the show because I'm tired of Bill Doman's cold water on it. We'll, we'll talk uh, some golf as well as um, Bo Pelini coming up here after the break. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hail Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Open phone lines for you here. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Give us a call, 402-466-ESPN, 800-825-5865. As a bit of a fun topic here, Memorial Stadium turning 100 years old in 2022. Uh, construction completed in 1922 and been 100 years of football at Memorial Stadium. The only real question was that 2020 year with COVID, but football got played in Memorial Stadium. So uh, Nebraska and Memorial Stadium, 100 years old. Memorial Stadium obviously named uh, after those uh, soldiers that went off and fought and died in World War One. It was an important 
naming uh, opportunity at the time. And I, I think that that tradition carries on here into 2022. And uh, we asked Mike Babcock back on Wednesday what his favorite memory of, of all time during all the years covering the Huskers was over the course of 100 years. And Bill Dolman's giving me the, wow, there's so many options to choose from look here. And uh, we're going to give you Bo Pelini's thoughts on this. He, uh, as uh, we all know, we talked about a few times here, started his own podcast with his son, as well as, uh, I believe, nephew Mark Pelini. And uh, they got into the 08 Colorado game. I I think that's got to be high up there on the list in terms of the last 20 years of Husker football uh, highlights at Memorial Stadium. We're talking the Indomitian Sioux pick six, followed up by the Alex Henry 57-yarder. Bo Pelini got into that 57-yard kick here just a little bit. A bit of a longer cut, but we'll, we'll play it in its entirety. We'll give Bill some time to think about his favorite memory of Memorial Stadium. We had a kid, Audie, you know, he he was a kickoff guy and, you know, he had a big leg, but he wasn't as, you know, he wasn't as much, uh, you know, Alex Henry was one of the best kickers in the country. Audie was very good, but, and I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, first I ask Alex, I'm like, Alex, can you make this kick? And he's like. Yeah, he didn't give me the the he didn't give me what I was looking for at that point. And I bring Audie over, and he, I knew he had the leg to do it, but he you know he had uh, heck he hadn't kicked the field goal in a game in in months, and I'm sitting here trying to figure out okay what do I do here? And I look over my shoulder, and there's Tony Patella like Bree like right next to me, and he's like, well, "What are you gonna do?" And I'm like. <laughs> What the f are you doing here? Like, get away! Like, like, like he's out. I'm out on the numbers. He's standing right next to me. I'm like, oh my god, what the hell is he doing? Here? Oh, that's he tells that story, and because uh, he, he always tells he goes, oh, I knew he was going to make it. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, I was over talking to the long snappers and the holder. Like, can he make this? Like, oh yeah, he's got it. Yeah, and then he then he go well, then out right when that happened, Alex came walking over and goes, I got it, coach. And I was like, all right, go do it. The decision is made. Henry, number 90, is going to come out and try a 57-yard field goal to win this ball game. Actually, there's still a minute and 50 left. Let's see. They're going to put it down, yep, at the 47-yard line. So if he were to hit it, it'll go in the books as the longest in school history. This is an attempt of 57 yards. Does he have enough? Is it long enough? That was one of the greatest kicks in the school history. I mean, that was oh. an unbelievable kick. Unreal. And those elements to, to make that kick. So there's uh, Bo Pelini's thoughts, uh, probably one of his favorite memories from Memorial Stadium. And Bill, we've given you two minutes to think here. If you still need some more time, we got John on the line. John's got his favorite Memorial Stadium story ready. But if you have one here, uh, go for it. I'll go to John. I've got too many going through my mental Rolodex. All right, John, we'll welcome, welcome uh, you into Hale Versity Radio here. What, uh, what you got for us? It was back in the 50s, and my mother didn't want my brother and I and my dad to go to the uh, football game. We sat over in the East Stadium about the uh, 10-yard line, about 30 rows up, and it was when we beat Oklahoma for the first time. That's a good one right there. See, do you have a – was that your like, your first Husker game? Do you, do you have a memory of the first Husker game, or is that just the most memorable from your childhood? Well, uh, no, yeah. I uh, Well – my parents used to bring me when I was a smaller kid, mm-hmm. and uh, about the only time I can remember back further is my mother had me wrapped up in this blanket 
and that was when they sold uh, hot chocolate and brought it around, and they sold those uh, car- carameled apples that had a Mountie wrapped around it, you know, and they sold Snicker bars, and they had the knothole section for the girls and the boys, and I still have my boys' knothole card, you know, mm. and my <laughs> bunch of stuff. But it was I didn't realize what a what a big deal it was till several years later, you know, and my dad would always, you know, talk about how uh he went and uh mom did not want any of us to go uh at that particular time. Well, John, that, that's and a good... It was a very snowy day, too. John, very snowy. That's a good memory. Thanks for uh, calling into Hale Varsity Radio. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give welcome. you my you first game, but uh, you, you can listen uh, on your radio set. Thanks to John for calling in give us his memory. I'll just let you know about, uh, I mean, the, the first Husker game I ever went to. It's the one that stands out most in my memories. Probably my favorite Memorial Stadium memory, I think, is my dad trying to convince me to leave at the halftime of the inaugural Big Ten game against Ohio State. We were down. It was rainy. He was cold. He didn't bring a poncho. He wanted to go. He said this game was over, and I said, Dad, no, we're staying in these seats. This is the inaugural Big Ten game, and we got to see the best comeback or the biggest comeback in school history. That's a, a special memory for me, but I'll always remember my first Husker football game. I believe it was the 4 season as uh, Nebraska was playing Texas Tech at home. They ended up losing that game, which was uh, disappointing. Uh, 2000, 2005, 2005, Texas Tech versus Nebraska. And uh, always a shout out to the Schleich family, giving us some uh, some nice seats behind the goalpost, about 20 yards up from the end or 20 rows up from the end zone. Uh, it was the first house game I ever went to. And I just remember walking through the tunnel and seeing the, the sea of red for the first time and just how special that was. Like the TV never did it justice. And I, I walked in the stadium and I immediately understood like, okay, I see why it's called the sea of red. It's just the, the brightness of the red color in the stands stood out to me on that day, and I still have that picture in my mind's eye of walking through that gate for the first time for my first Husker game. That's that's up there in terms of special Memorial Stadium memories for me. You know, I, I, I I'm almost speechless trying to think of my favorite favorite memories, and I can remember the first game that I went to, and I think it was 1972 or three, and we actually I think lost to Missouri. But I didn't get to go to a lot of games when I was a kid. We just didn't have the money, uh, my mom and I, living in Fairbury. So I watched Nebraska football through my radio with Lyle Brimser and mm. Jack Payne. Um, God bless his soul, uh, recently passed away. And, you know, Tom Johnson and Gary Saddlemeyer and all those guys, and uh, a little bit with Dick Perry and Don Gill. But, you know, I, I watched I watched Nebraska football through the radio. I just did not – we couldn't afford it. And – so when I got would get to go, it was a, it was a special treat. I had an uncle Art, who lived to be about 105, and Uncle Art had season tickets. And every now and then he 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 take me uh, take me to a game. My uncle Art actually saw Nebraska play the Four Horsemen of Notre Dame. I think in 1923 wow. at Memorial Stadium. Wow. He passed away probably geez probably 15 or so years ago, 20 years ago. But uh, yeah, he had. He saw the four horsemen in, in Nebraska play in Memorial Stadium. So he had, that's obviously a big memory for him. But, you know, for, for a kid from Fairbury to work in the athletic department as a student and then to host the Tom Osborne show, and for me to sit on top, sit in the crow's nest on top of the press box of Memorial Stadium with the coaches' film crew, and there was just about six or eight of us that were always up there, but not in the press box, but in the open air. Mm-hmm it's still the closest thing to heaven that I've ever experienced. I just was always so happy to be up there, to feel the air, to see the crowd, to hear the crowd, to watch the games, watch us win. Um, So every time I got to sit up in that crow's nest open air 
was among the greatest moments of my life. Now, specific memories, Kenny Walker, uh, his senior game, and I think I was like 1987 or so, you know, Kenny was uh, deaf and they kept it a secret from Kenny uh, all week for on senior day that they taught Nebraska fans how to do the silent clap by putting your hands in the air and shaking your hands. And, uh, and when Kenny was introduced, you know, 76,000 people put their hands in the air and he looked up and gave him the, I love you sign. It was just an incredibly emotional human moment. Um, so proud to have seen that. And um, Colorado 94, you know, the, the sellout and then to beat them as badly as they did, even though it was like what, 24 to seven, that was just a remarkable game between, you know, we were supposed to lose that game and Nebraska handed it to them. Maybe my favorite game of all time, Halloween, 1992, Nebraska, Colorado. Again, it was not that it was a rivalry game. You know how I feel about that. But they were supposed to come in and win, and we just terrorized them like Michael Myers in every single Halloween movie ever made, Mm -hmm. throwing a little Freddy Krueger and uh, Jason Voorhees. That's what we did to Colorado. What was it, 52 to 7 or something at night? Oh, what a what a night that was. And then we lost to Iowa State the next week. But forgetting that, that was a spectacular uh, uh, night. Just the backdrop of a night game at Memorial Stadium and people all had all day to get ready for it. <laughs> and what we did to Colorado was just, uh, that was a lot of fun that night. But just sitting on top of Memorial Stadium and being a small town kid from Nebraska to have the opportunities that I had, every, every, every game at Memorial Stadium was special. And I think that's what's so special about Memorial Stadium now. I mean, just 100 years of memories. Everyone's got that one memory that, that stands out to them, or in your case, a couple memories that stand out, that, uh, the things they'll take with them to their grave, the memories they'll never forget. I think that's what's so special about Memorial Stadium is just the, the family aspect of people coming together and, and making memories. They're watching, well, in years past, watching the Huskers win, but more recently, maybe Generational. So. It's, you know, it's generational. a generational thing. It's yeah. generational. It doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter how many games you've been to. Uh, as long as you've been to one, everyone's got some special memories from Memorial Stadium. We did have John call back in, and uh, he remembered uh, an extra little point about the Four Horsemen game where uh, it was the Notre Dame team staying in uh, was the Lincoln Hotel downtown, now the location of the, the Holiday Inn uh, in downtown Lincoln. He said it was a snowy game. And uh, the Notre Dame team actually had to take horse-drawn sleighs down to Memorial Stadium to play in that one <laughs> to, get, to get over the snow. So it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm sure they had good memories yeah. of Memorial Stadium as well as Memorial Stadium. Turns out 100 this year. Uh, it's just incredible stuff. As uh, we enjoy hearing your thoughts, give us a tweet. Give us a call, 402-466-ESPN, 800-825-5865. We're getting towards the end of a Friday edition of Hale Varsity Radio here. If you missed Steve Mark back in hour one, you can catch that in the podcast form, ESPNLincoln.com. Also, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter page and Facebook page is where you can find that. I'll have that up for you here in uh, just a few minutes. As uh, Steve with some good stuff, we talked a lot of quarterbacks back in hour one. Uh, this hour, some recruiting, as well as uh, a lawsuit against the University of Nebraska, some special Memorial Stadium memories. We'll get into some Saudi golf next, but uh, remember, if you missed any of the show, you can catch it in its full podcast form. Uh, let's see, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, uh, wherever you like to get your podcasts, even YouTube, Hail Varsity's YouTube page posts a full episode every single day. We love your comments. We love your critiques, good, bad, and ugly. Give them to us. We'd love to hear what you have to say. We uh, do this show for you, uh, so we want to give you the best possible listening experience. If you want more live streams, let us know as uh, 
as uh, we love the live streams and we uh, we just like getting uh, the show to you any way we can. So give us your thoughts. I'd love to hear them. We'll uh, have some thoughts on the Saudi Golf League and how it could relate to college football and even Nebraska. We'll have that coming for you after the break. It's ESPN Lincoln, Hill Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Rolling through a Friday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal and Bill Dolman filling in for Chris Schmidt as uh, Schmidt is going to be back in tomorrow and next week before he is off to Colorado. So uh, we'll have Schmidt back tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. And then it's going to be the Elijah Herbal Show Thursday, Friday, and Monday. We'll have Schmidt checking in from Colorado as well, though, as uh, the world of Husker football news never sleeps, and neither does Schmitty, as uh, he's going to be checking in from the beautiful city of Denver, Colorado. That's where Bill Dolman is right now. As uh, Bill Dolman and I have been rocking this Friday show here, and Bill, a quick update to bring to you after going 0 for 4, hitting our breaks on time back in hour one. We have come back with a vengeance in hour two. We're now 2 for 2. Still two breaks to go, <laughs> still a long way, but 500. If we get 500, that's I mean, you'd be one of the best players in baseball if you go 500 in baseball. So if we go 500 here on the show today, hitting our hard breaks, I think that's undeniably a win for Bill Dolman and Elijah Herbal. Well, this internship will start to pay off at some point for you. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's just a part-time job now. Well, kind of part-time. <laughs> it's, it, it's complicated. Let's not get into my employment status on the air here. We'll we'll, we'll save that for another Well, day. I'm going to file a Freedom of Information Act <laughs> to find out what uh, you're making and how and how all the uh, the digits add up, no matter how many columns there are on the uh, the paycheck. And you can then redact everything except the word the. the word the. <laughs> well, that's uh, Bill Dolman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Bill, uh, where I want to take this conversation here with our last, oh, I've got about 10 minutes left in the show, about seven minutes here in this segment and four coming up after the break where i want to take this is the saudi golf league the live golf tournament and that uh, prompted a question in the andy staples mailbag from yesterday this is from the athletic the question was let's say a saudi prince decided he's a huge umass fan how much would he have to invest and how long would it take to get umass to the college football playoff before we actually dive into that question let's spend a little bit of time on the saudi golf league we've talked about it briefly on this show here essentially they're coming up and just paying exorbitant amounts of money in order to get some of the best golfers in the world into the Saudi golf league. And are they really trying to, to create a competitor to the PGA or are they doing similar things to what they've been doing in the world of English soccer for years now, which is buying teams, uh, putting in a, a large influx of cash flow in order to, to really do some public relations work for the, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia itself. 
uh, saying, hey, well, we're going to help your sports team win. And we've seen it with uh, teams like Manchester City, PSG uh, in recent years where there's just huge amount of money that the, the Saudis will throw at this team to make them successful and then give themselves in turn some positive public relations from it. Seems to be the same story of what they're doing with the Saudi Golf League, really sports washing, covering up some of their, their previous wrongdoings by just saying, well, you like golf, then you like the Saudis because the Saudis are giving you the best golf. That, that's essentially what the Saudis are doing here. And before we dive into the world of, of college football and how it relates, Bill, what, what's your just take on the, the Saudi Golf League? You know, I, I just wonder if there's something more. Uh, now, there's obviously controversy with it, and it's political, and, and, and politics and sports are not just intersecting but colliding more and more. Uh, we certainly know that with the NFL and whatnot. But what what's going on with the PGA Tour that it has become so enticing? And I know, guys, I think I read yesterday where some of these big names are getting $100 million in signing bonuses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's obviously a lot of money. But, you know, those guys already have a lot of money. You're playing on the PGA Tour. You're doing well for yourself whether you win or lose, right? But... um What's going on, on on the PGA Tour that is giving guys the the idea that you know they want to go and try this other league? And um, you know, there, there's been stuff that's percolated with the PGA Tour for you know two two decades about the politics of it and what's right and what's wrong and how players are being treated. And again, we're talking about millionaires, right? Um, there are those who grind it out. We know that, but for the most part, everybody's doing reasonably well with prize money and purses and, and endorsements and appearance fees and all of that. So what what is the political climate with the PGA Tour that makes it enticing for people to leave what had been the preeminent, you know, goal for everybody for decades? So that that to me i i think while well, the pga tour makes its uh, hands out its punishments and disciplines and suspensions and all that for those who have signed on with the saudi league uh i think the pga needs to look inwardly and go okay how wh- why why is this happening why is it even okay that the door was open for the for guys to leave now the fact that they're going over when the political climate and the human rights issues with with Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously concerning. Um, But that's not the only thing. You know, China's got some issues. And we've, you know, there was a story earlier this year that NBA owners have about $10 billion in investments tied to China. And nobody seems to, that was like a one-day story. Mm -hmm. This PGA thing has been going on for weeks and months. But, you know, Daryl Morey said, that tweet out a couple of years about years ago about Hong Kong and then LeBron James gets involved and then this story about ten billion dollars or more um with China investments but that's not a story any longer so um well Bill at the, at the end I, of the day I money tend talks. to be a sports fan for what happens on the court on the course in the race and in the game and hopefully everything sorts itself out. I well, guess. that's kind of the problem here is that money talks, and that's what the the Saudis are hoping here is that, oh, if you like what happens on the field, then you're going to love the product we're putting out for you, despite the fact that we have acquired this money through shady ways. 
Uh, we are uh, on the lower end in the world scale in terms of human rights for our people. Um, but we're going to hope you throw that all to the side because we're giving you a good soccer team to watch. We're giving you good golf to watch. Um, maybe someday we're giving you a good college football team to watch. And I guess that's where we'll go here next. Don't want to dive too deep into the politics. I'm especially not a big golf guy, and I know people are listening to stuff like this, sports shows, in order to get away from the politics, get away from the world. It's uh, a bit of a a break from all that. That's what sports can be for the world. So if, say, a Warren Buffett were to say, you know what, I'm tired of all these Nebraska losing seasons. We know Warren Buffett's a big Husker fan. We've seen him work with Husker teams in the past. I think of his work with Ndamukong Sue, and I, I say if Warren Buffett were to throw down a whole bunch of money for Nebraska to be good, is that even feasible? We only have about a, a minute left here, Bill, so I made a short change. Well, look at the guy at topic, Miami. But... It's already happening. It's already happening. The the guy, his name escapes me, but, you know, the the, the dude uh, who's, you know, <clears throat> have set that yeah, NIL yeah. thing mm-hmm. up with the agency. It's already happening here. Texas A&M, I said this a long time ago, when that NIL started, they're going to do it a lot differently than anybody else. And then Nick Saban had said what he said. It's already happening. It's just not one uh one country, I guess, getting involved or one company or something like But it's already happening. Well, uh, you yeah. had Andy, so, Andy Staples did the math. And according to his math, if you were to take a team that is a perennial loser, it would cost them $644 million, according to his estimates, uh, over the course of four years to turn a loser program into a winner. And you look at $644 million and you go... That really doesn't even seem like that much, which is crazy to say when you think about college sports now, but it's the amount of money being thrown around, $644 million. That's $200 million on a fully guaranteed head coach, uh, $200 million to upgrade the facilities. Nebraska probably wouldn't need that, so maybe chop $200 million off the top there. Some staff costs around $60 million, player uh, payroll $35 million a year to get the top names, and that all comes out to somewhere in that four, $400 million to $600 million range. It is, it's crazy. It, it, I want to say it's never going to get to that, but who knows? <laughs> we all know it's going to take $13 million at Ohio State. We'll wrap up at Hale Varsity Radio after this. Some more thoughts on this coming up after the break. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring me in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Wrapping up a Friday edition of Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal, happy to be joined by Bill Dolman here all show long as he got three straight Fridays now of the Elijah Herbal and Bill Dolman experience. Maybe another one coming next week. We'll, we'll let you know uh, what we've got planned as uh, Schmidt's off to Denver watching his son play some baseball. 
uh, out in the uh, the beautiful capital city of Colorado. Need to get out to Denver at some point this summer. Need to go see the mountains. I just love uh, going and hitting a little camping trip up in the mountains. I'm more of a camper than a snowboarder personally. That's why I like to get up and and see the mountains. And we'll see if I can uh, squeeze a trip up there at, at some point this year. As I'd love to a see some family, b get some camping in, and c just uh, enjoy the beautiful scenery of Denver, Colorado. That's where Schmitty's off to next week. But uh, Bill, still you and me here for a couple minutes. And uh, before we get out of here, I want to get into something you sent me here before the show the ncaa uh committee uh, the panel i should say approves awarding a class b technical foul for flopping in men's basketball starting in the 2022-2023 season thank god something is being done about this disease that has inflicted basketball for many many years now i wish they would do more about it in the nba what was it like a five thousand dollar fine those guys make that in a quarter uh, but if you start awarding free throws and possessions and scores change just a little bit because somebody decided to flop, there are a lot more people interested in scores and how close games are and aren't that might be based on somebody flopping that uh, might get them to think uh, otherwise. So uh, I'm, I'm happy they're doing something. I don't think it's enough. It's like one free throw or something. But at least they're trying to get flopping out of the game, and it just makes the, the game look weak. And, you know, look, I'm, I'm a child of the 70s and the 80s in the NBA when it was fun to watch those guys, you know, play physical, um, which they don't do now no matter what Draymond Green says. It, it was a different game back in the day. Are they more talented out? Yeah, but they are not nearly as rugged as they used to be. So no more flopping in college basketball. At least let's get it out or diminish it. Same in the NBA. And then let's do something about it in college football. We know the NFL, the NCAA has no power in college football anymore. But for the love of God, do something about injuries, faked injuries in college football. I, I saw one time in a game that I did where the quarterback told one of the offensive linemen, he's pointing to him, get down. The guy goes down. And then the quarterback starts waving. I'm watching this happen. So the guy goes down, and he's sitting there, and they call these two trainers, and these two student trainers come out, and they just start rubbing their, the guy's legs. He's and they're looking at the quarterback like, how long, like, how long do we have to keep doing this? <laughs> it, was in a big, it was in a big sky game that I was doing, and not, no penalty or nothing, but I saw the whole thing get orchestrated. So they got to get that out of college football, but – so this is a small step in the right direction. See, my, my mind turns to, to soccer, where flopping is probably most prevalent of anywhere in the world. And the thing is, is in soccer, you can't. it's, it's simulation. It's a yellow card if you go out there and, and flop. But you don't see the call very often because these guys have gotten very, I mean, they've, they've practiced flopping now from a young age because they know how important it is to win a free kick, kick in a, an important area. So I wonder, well, what's the enforcement going to look like for college basketball? Is it any contact? Is, there's going to be a foul no matter if you try to sell it or not, or is this going to be uh, a different it's, I think thing? it's, it's going to be common. To me, it's got to be common sense with the officials. Okay. Common sense, they're going to look at it and go, look, you're flopping. We can tell. And I, I don't know if they're going to the video monitor or not. I would assume that that's probably going to be a part of it. it and look at it and, and I think the gist of it is if they fall – and it doesn't look like the contact would have caused that, then it's going to be a flop and it's going to be a free throw. It should be two free throws possession. Just get it completely out of the game. Now, what did I tell you about soccer and rugby, which I'm working tomorrow here in Denver? Uh, The rugby community says, told me this, soccer is 99% pretending that you're hurt. Rugby is 80 minutes. uh, Soccer is 90 minutes pretending that you're hurt. 
Rugby is 80 minutes pretending that you're not. You ain't wrong That's there. That's the difference between the two there. sports. Well, Bill, when I look at college basketball, anything for more video reviews. That's my favorite part of the game. Hopefully we get a whole <laughs> bunch more of those next season. Well, Bill, we had it going good. We were three for four in hitting our breaks this hour. We have ah, missed, we've well. missed the last one, but... Hey, three for still eight, get still, you the Hall of Fame. still a good average, still gets you the Hall of Fame. Well, Bill, appreciate the time today. Uh, the Rome Report is next. We'll have Salt Dogs Baseball coming away here in an hour for our local listeners on ESPN Lincoln. A Huda Media Production.